I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello friends, today is Saturday, November 12th, 2022, and this is episode 194 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing is, no surprise, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We saw it late Thursday night, and yeah, it was it was really good. It has a very different tone to the first Black Panther movie. It's much more about grief. It's much more um, a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, there's just large chunks of it that you can see they had to pivot. But it allowed them to have a superhero movie that was dealing with real human emotions, something that we all go through and can relate to, grief, feeling like you know, you, you haven't done enough for the people that you love and struggling with those things. So on that level, it was really interesting. The performances were fantastic. It gave a lot of Black women a uh, time to shine in their roles. But what I loved the most was the, well, the character of Namor was great. And um, to note Kurta, who is playing him, I think he's doing a fantastic job. And just seeing that underwater world based on Mesoamerican culture, something we haven't seen before in a blockbuster movie. Like I wanted to spend so much more time there. And I was just like, how did they shoot this? Like I know what we can't spend more time there because I'm sure it was very expensive and very difficult to get what we got. So yeah, just we're going to see it again this weekend. Um, you know, as a film, I had some quibbles with certain, you know, plot and character things that were happening, but there was so much good and there was so much heart in it that, you know, I can't really say too much bad about it. I just, I want to experience it again. And, you know, just, I can't wait until it comes on TV so I can just pause and look at everything, you know? Uh, so yeah, highly recommended Black Panther Wakanda Forever. My course survey, this mini survey of four questions, I think, is still up. It's at lpen.co slash course survey. Link is in the show notes. Please, if you are a writer, uh, fill it out. I'm building a course probably more than one, but one at a time. We'll just take it step by step. And yeah, I'm excited about that. So I would love to have your feedback. Also, I'm doing a giveaway with two other authors. It is the H-O-S-A-S, the hostess giveaway, because all three of us have books. That is the acronym. I'm giving away a copy of Hush of Storm and Sorrow, which is a novella in the Ursinger Chronicles. It is the standalone version. So uh, you also get books from Lizette Marshall and H.R. Moore, other fantasy romance authors. The giveaway is live until November 20th, 2022. Link is in the show notes. It is lpen.co slash hosas, H-O-S-A-S. And yeah, it's just a fun thing to be. We realized that we all had books with that same you know titling scheme, H something of something and something. And so we decided to do a giveaway. And now my writing update. It is still not going the way I would like it to go. I'm just, I'm still in a dip. I managed to get like one chapter written this week. I did a lot of backing up and, um, you know, looking at plot character again. At some point, I came across one of Becca Syme's quick cast podcast slash video episodes. It's episode 418. And you know, Becca Syme is the write better faster. She's an author coach. And so part of that is taking the personality tests to understand your personality better as a writer. So part of my Clifton strengths, it's like a strength, strength finders test is intellection. 
my number one strength is intellection. And that is basically thinking about things. And in this episode, she mentioned that intellection means you need to think and write and think and write, maybe think, 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 and then write and then think some more. And I know that, you know, ever since I first took the class, I've been trying to incorporate the things that I've learned into my process. And, you know, I, I can't do anything else. Like it, I need to not just think, but make notes, research, brainstorm, until I can think my way out of the problem and then I can write my way out of the problem. And whatever this issue is, the thing that is causing me not to want to write and then to look at the things that I've planned to write and not to want to write them and not know exactly what's wrong, I feel like I have to think my way out of that. So that's what I've been doing. I actually filled out a worksheet that really shone a spotlight on uh, an issue that I was having. This is the Dramatica 8 essential plot steps worksheet. I realized while going through that what one of the problems was, and it had to do with the goal of my character and then the requirements for them to achieve the goal. You know, I always start with goals for characters, and I think that I have the right goals, but inevitably something needs to be tweaked or changed radically. Um, And yeah, so as I was working through this worksheet, which asks you your character goals, the requirements for them to achieve the goal, the consequences if they don't achieve the goal. It was right around that point where I was like, oh, okay, are the stakes high enough? The stakes seemed very high, but the actual boots on the ground goal of the character wasn't lining up with the story that I was trying to tell. You know, this is an enemies to lovers story. It's a marriage of convenience, sort of like a betrothal of convenience. They don't actually get married, uh, but they are promised to each other. And these are two enemies for a long time. So So I just realized that there were actions that I need my female character to take during the, during the book that weren't really lining up with the goal that I had set for her. And it just made me see that, okay, I haven't dug deep enough into the goals or maybe the reason why I can't write act two is because act two is about trying to achieve the goal, failing, you know, three steps forward, two steps back, that whole thing. And my goal wasn't quite right. And I literally got a third of the way through this worksheet and it was just like, oh, this is a big problem. I need to take a step back. Let me do something else for a while. And the procrastination set in. But it's not always procrastination because sometimes it is the intellection. It's me taking time back to actually just think about it and to let my mind work in the background until I can figure out a solution. And I know that's how it works. And this time it's just working much more slowly than I think it usually does. But I have to honor my process. And this is the way it's working right now. And for whatever reason, it's just going super slow. So it's disappointing to me personally. It is probably going to be problematic when I get the notes um, from my editor back, which I'm expecting sometime in December on the Black Towns book. I've already proven that at this point in my life, I cannot work on two books at once. Once upon a time, I could. Maybe it's my advancing youth. So we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Of course, I'm going to get as much done as I can before I have to pivot and work on the contracted book. Although this book is contracted for the audiobooks, but I have much more flexibility in that. And yeah, so I got a chapter done. I got notes. I got ideas. I did plot out the next scene finally yesterday. And I just have to write it next. That's where we are. Sometimes it's hard. It's hard. It's hard right now. It'll get easier at a certain point, I hope. I hope this whole book isn't like this, but it's just a matter of getting through it. You know, sitting here every morning, 
making my appointment with myself to do the writing, whether or not any words get written, is very important. And I'm not going to give that up. I'm going to sit here until something happens. <laughs> and even if I can't get words that day, just the act of working on it a little bit each day, that that persistence and and the discipline are the only things that I can control right now. So I'm going to continue doing that and just keep keep keeping on. Another helpful thing was I revisited the conflict box, which is something I learned about, I think from Bob Mayer's website many years ago. You know, I had, I had taken a bunch of writing workshops and I worked on things, but I'd never really learned how to plot. And so probably around 2012, 2013, I decided I was going to teach myself how to plot. And I just read a bunch of books, read a bunch of blog posts, made a bunch of notes, put myself through plot school. And one of the first things I remember um, learning about was this conflict box where you create a, you know, kind of like a cross and with four quadrants in it. And you have your two characters and then you have their goal and then their conflict. And ideally, you know, the two main characters, their goals will be in conflict with each other. And then you have conflict lock. And there's a link in the show notes that will give you the diagram. It's easier to see. But I did the conflict box also once I figured out I had, I had a goal problem. That also helped me kind of visualize, okay, there these are good goals, but on the surface, it sounds like they're in conflict, but I need to get to like a higher level of these characters being in conflict with one another, aside from the fact that they're from two different clans who have been at war, you know, on and off. And that as a function of trying to stop this war, they are getting engaged and they're being forced to be together so that they can have these peace talks. That's the surface of the story. I needed to dig deeper into my heroine's internal conflict and her her internal goals, like what she wants for herself. And, and overall, I just... I don't know that there's enough blood on the page yet. I've been struggling with that. I've been struggling with, as I'm trying to just kind of throw everything, figure out why I don't want to write this. Is it not emotional enough? Am I not emotionally connected enough with these characters, with their wounds? The, those kinds of things hold me back too. And have, in the past, I know that they've held me back. So I'm digging into everything and we'll find out what's wrong. A world building thing that I went through this week was a naming situation. So the book that I'm working on, Beastly Kingdom, part of the Savage City, uh, the Bliss War series, is actually the name of the series. So in this world, there are shifters. And there are two types of shifters. There are external shifters who change forms into an animal and internal shifters where they take on the qualities of the animal. So if they have, uh, you know, if they are an uh, a bird shifter, an internal shifter, won't change form, so they'll just begin to fly because they have the magic, the power. And that power comes from a daemon. And I use the terminology daemon, D-A-I-M-O-N, because it's a Greek term and you see it in other media. I know that like in um, The Golden Compass, they have the daemons, which are like the animal familiars for the characters. There's plenty of other examples of this. So my daemons are spirits that you know the characters bond with essentially after puberty like once they reach adulthood they go through a ceremony where they can find their daemon then you know one clan the namali chooses to shift and the other clan the fey don't shift so i i, I use the terminology daemon not really thinking much more about it and how it would affect the world building but when it came time now in book 2 to create certain terms for certain rituals and customs and ceremonies 
I was looking at what I have and how can I build on what I have. This takes place in an alternate San Francisco, slightly in the future, a post-apocalyptic version. But when I made the decision to use the term daemon, a Greek term, I sort of set a standard that now I have to live up to. And I was looking at, okay, how am I going to name these things? What am I going to call them? Well, the only sort of non-English word, if you will, that I have is daemon, and that's Greek. So I made the decision that I kind of have to stick with Greek naming for other things. It wasn't a conscious thing. It was like, there's this concept of the daemon that people are somewhat familiar with. I'm doing my own spin on that. But by doing that and by calling it that, I did lock myself into a naming convention. Or I, I guess I could have, I could do something different, but it doesn't make any sense to me to do something different. And so I haven't, I don't have any, you know, foreign languages in this. There's no conlang that I made up. Everybody speaks English because it's San Francisco. And I'm sure there's other characters who speak other like real languages. You know, I, I try to have a diverse cast, but when it comes to, you know, the magical aspects, there's bliss, which is my name for the sort of magical energy that everybody's kind of fighting over. It's called the Bliss War series. That's what the bliss is, but that's an English word. And I don't remember why I called it that. I don't know if I have notes on that. I just, I liked the way it sounded. But I needed a name for this betrothal ceremony that takes place. And I didn't didn't want to call it just being engaged. It's like a, a historical, traditional thing in these shifter cultures that I felt needed its own name. And so I just did some research and I was like, oh, what, what kind of name will it be? What culture will, will it be from? Well, they're using daemons. I just felt like I had to use Greek. So it's called engesis, and engesis is a real Greek terminology for when the parents or guardians of two people would create a marriage contract, and they would have this period of this engagement. It goes a little bit differently in real life, but that's kind of how I'm using it, based on the real life thing that happened. So yeah, I had that moment where I was evaluating my world building. I was evaluating how I was going to do something, and you can kind of look at the decisions that you've already made and then lean into them or change them. So I could have gone in a wildly different direction. I could have chosen a terminology from any culture, like, you know, is there some sort of Japanese version or some African culture that has a version of this engagement and use their word. But I felt like that would be jumbled, you know, and although when I chose Damon, I didn't really think of the consequences of using a Greek term. It wasn't like, this is a society based on ancient Greek culture or anything like that. It was, this is a term that we know, but I chose to lean into it and, you know, we'll see how that works out. Are there other things that I'm going to discover that I need to name that I'm going to then have to find Greek words for? And does that add to the world building? Does it take away from it? There's so many decisions that you can make when you're doing world building. And you know, some of them will be like, oh, the word bliss. I think I just, I just liked the way that sounded. It doesn't have a, a higher meaning behind it. And other things will have a higher meaning behind them. It's like a mix of cool factor and grounding and making sure that things are connected and have a basis for them. And I'm a big proponent of having a basis for your world building. I like being able to point to, okay, this is why this is happening. And it date, it goes back to, the geography or the history or the culture or the origins of something. And it might not be written down in the book, but I know it. And if anyone asks me, I can probably tell you. So yeah, just one note on world building that I noticed when I was making the decision this week and thought I would share. 
Last week, I was also talking about that Ray Bradbury quote about every night reading a short story, a poem, and an essay. And I was questioning, how do you find essays? Well, you put things out into the universe. Uh, I think I saw an ad on social media somewhere for this app, which is called Deep Stash. And it's basically a way to consume distilled info from essays. So they take, I guess somebody's reading them and shortening them and making kind of bullet points out of them. And every day you can kind of read through these ideas in this app and you can save them and share them. So it is a paid app. I'm on like the free plan right now, but it has a notification every afternoon. It's like, hey, learn something new today. And so, yeah, I've been asking about like, how do you source these essays and how long are these essays? I don't know if I have time to read a short story, a poem, and an essay. Like I said, I wasn't going to do it every night, but I would like to try to just incorporate more of those kinds of ideas. They help with writing in all kinds of ways that you have no idea of. So I downloaded the app and every day I've been learning something new. You kind of pick different topics. I think I picked like economics and history and a bunch of other things that I might be interested in. It's been cool so far. I don't know if I'll pay for it. We'll see. I am enjoying it. So I might do like a, a month at a time and see if I stay, keep up with it. And uh, yeah, so I would deep stash. I'll put it in the show notes if you're interested in checking out these distilled essays. And finally, uh, per writing aid, the software is having a Black Friday sale. I'm an affiliate for them. I use them. They are one of those, like a Grammarly. There's some other services. I use ProWriting Aid because a long time ago I had like a, a coupon for a lifetime <laughs> membership. And I, I usually put it through to do like a machine edit before I send it to an editor. It allows you, it does a lot of things. It's like grammar checking, editing, sentence suggestions. So they're having a big sale. If you are interested in checking out ProWriting Aid, and would like to use my link, which is affiliate uh, lpen.co slash prowritingaid. It will be in the show notes. I do really appreciate it. There's actually so much to it that I don't use. I really need to figure out how to use the mirrors or echoing. Like I use, I I read my books over again, like the printed versions. And I see, I use that same word three times in the same paragraph. It drives me crazy, but I can't see it. Those things you get blind to. And prowritingaid does have a feature which helps you with that. I think I just don't have it turned on. So it does a lot. You kind of have to figure out how to use it. But I do like it a lot. I use it all the time. So highly recommend it if you are interested. So that is it for me for this week. My goals for the coming week are just to keep doing what I'm doing. I am working on the writing. I'm going to get as much done as I can, keep sitting here in the chair every morning and work on it a little bit. Try to get, you know, at a certain point, you're just like, I just want to write a hundred words. If I can write a hundred words, I will have completed my goal and I can do something else with my day. So taking it in small chunks um, and working through the kinks, trying to figure out how to get back on track. Also, I'm having a lot of fun planning what this course will be. Um, I'll probably talk about more about that next week. I think I'll have an outline. I'm going to do like a mini, a mini version, like world building 101, and then like a bigger course. Um, so I figured I'd start small and then work my way up and see what, see what'll happen. Actually, by the time you hear this, by the time this episode launches, I'll probably have my world building checklist up and that's going to be the lead magnet to get on this newsletter. I'm kind of going to be using the footnotes newsletter that I use currently for the episode show notes and then other like interesting links and funnel people into that um, and then have 
I'm still working it out. We'll see what happens. But I've got the domain myimaginaryfriends.net because I could not get .com at the time of this recording. Since it's going to be the um, branding for the course is going to be My Imaginary Friends. So I have a podcast, course, whatever else. And yeah. So if you're already on the Footnotes newsletter, expect it to maybe look a little bit differently. I'm going to try to, the way that I do it now is very automated. I'm going to try to do it more purposefully. And if you are not, um, then you can go to myimaginaryfriends.net and uh, see what's up there. When you hear this, I don't know, might be something more than is there now, I'm sure. I've got a couple of days to, to work it out from the time I'm recording this to the time it comes out. So it's all a mystery. It's a surprise. And I hope that you have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you next week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the FitNotes newsletter to get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriends.net. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at lpenelope.com. I would really appreciate a rating and review to help support the show. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts.